0: Before we start uh, this morning, I would like to make an announcement about the interviews. Today, we also a detail about uh, what I talk about uh, for the process meditation is not from the Wikipedia philosophy, it speaks also about other astrology, uh, so it is very interesting just to see that uh, these types of uh, perceptions, this type of uh, understanding of the universe can be understood from a different perspective a different structure, like the scientific structure would be very different than, uh, than the philosophical uh, you know, uh, frame of reference in regard to the terms. So for those who are interested, then you can look at that, but it's not, it's not really necessary. It's just for having more precision in regard to what I meant about process. So again today, uh, I would like just uh, I would not uh, overload you with uh, uh, theory, but just to be more precise in a very concise way about what is the meaning of content and then the meaning of process, the meaning also of concepts. So eventually also it will be written down because you have you will have a new chart if, since since uh, it may be clearer. understand where to contextualize these things in the practice. So down the the chart that will be posted on the board, then we have a definition of content meditation. So this term refers to seeing the specific characteristics of objects. For those who like the Pali, it is the visesa Lakkana, the specific characteristics of objects. Process meditation refers to seeing the general characteristics of objects, samanya, lakana, like anicca, dukkha, anatta, and sunyata, and things like this. So, these uh, characteristics you, can, you are able to see that in every type of phenomena. But the content meditation, the specific characteristics, will be seen only in some phenomena. So I'd like to give you a very concrete example. This you may call that a bag, a bag of milk powder. Huh? So this is a pure concept. It's a concept. Hmm? So it's not ultimate reality. And then, uh, what is the content? Uh, what is the content? You may think, I mean, we, we 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 will agree that the content is milk powder and things like this. Of course, you have a, a few other stuff, you see, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be more precise about the content, uh, to analyze the content in more precision, then you will say that, uh, Uh, you have uh, 665 uh, calories and then 7.5 grams of protein, and the fat is the total nine nine grams, and then sodium, 88 grams, and calcium, okay, so uh, you know what is content, huh? So you can divide it, the analysis of content can be divided in many ways, and also whichever way you like to divide it, it is fine. So, this refers to a material process. Hmm? So, if we refer to the body itself, we are just like a bag of milk powder, but actually, it's not only milk powder, it's a bit different. So, uh, the phenomena of mind and matter, these are uh, content. Huh? So, it's, it's, it's a concept, huh? it's like a person, this is concepts mind and body, this is also a concept. So what the concept refer in regard to content, then if we take the point of view, not the biology, not of chemistry, but the point of view of Buddhism, also some other philosophy will have that type of point of view, we see that the content of the physical body is the four elements, the four physical elements. So, as we have been uh, describing them yesterday, and also as you experience them in your practice, the identification of the characteristics of these experiences can be classified in these four uh, classes. Uh, So, this is the content. When we refer to the mind, then also uh, the mind is a concept, right? And then... The mind itself, if we divide the component of what is called mind in Buddhism, we have the four aggregates of the Vedana, Sanya, Vijnana, and Sankara. That means uh, the feeling tone, then the perception, then the consciousness, and then the mental formations. Within these four categories within these four factors that are representing uh, the the aspect of the mind still further categories can be subdivided like vedana you can have many types of vedana so still in the field of vedana you can you you, you can uh, uh, elaborate the content in the ways that you that, that 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 you that you like and also in the class of uh, sankara then also a lot of mental components go under this classification so whichever classification and terms you are using to define and to divide a, 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 a unit then this is the this is what we are calling a content so in this regard every content is not the same. That's why we say that, uh, uh, the, that uh, every content has a specific characteristic. That means that the milk powder, is a bag of milk powder, is not a bag of salt. So we have to be very clear what is what. Uh, so that's why the classification is very helpful for us to define and to understand what is what in order to know the relationship. So within the physical phenomena, we are able to identify what is what. So for example, just very simply if we have the four elements we see that this is the earth element and then you have the other three elements. So we see by making a difference in the content we are able to see all these difference, uh, all these uh, ment- all these physical components, can affect each other. That means, what is the relationship with the earth and the water? What is the relationship with the earth and then the wind and the fire? All these, all these material elements, which are just content, uh, are affecting each other. So we understand a dynamic of relationship. And to understand a dynamic of relationship, it's not possible to to do if we have, if, if we not have a clear delimita- delimitation of what it refers to as for their specific uh, uh, qualities, and it is the same thing with the mind. Huh? So we have also a lot of subdivision even in the Buddhist uh, uh, frame to 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 classify and then to categorize uh, what belongs to matter and also what belongs to the mind. Like if you take, uh, like the Abhidhamma for example is very much elaborated and then also not only it is going to give us a very precise analysis of the content, but also it is going to give us a very precise synthesis of the relationship between the different components of the group. So we see, for example, our Uh, different uh, mental uh, factors are related to each other. And also, we see how the mind is influencing the body and also how the body is influencing the mind. But we can see that very uh, much in detail. Like the more, like we said yesterday, that uh, the closer we are looking at the phenomena, then the more subtle our perception of these phenomena come to be and then our understanding also gets more refined just because we go from, uh, because we are looking closer and closer to the object and then the object also becomes to be perceived in a more subtle way. So a very practical uh, question that I like to bring because we can see it in the practice. And uh, yesterday the question was about uh, uh, how how the practice of Metta can be developed both as a Vipassana object and as a Samatha object. Uh, Could you say more about developing Metta as a Vipassana object? So uh, I might not have been unsure Uh, properly, but it's not possible to use the object of metta as an object of vipassana. Because the object of metta is a a content, it's a concept, whereas the object of vipassana is just a process. So when you go beyond uh, the content aspect of uh, of reality, then you come in the field of process. And the field of process, you just see energy. You just see a movement. You just see it is just a flux of uh, changing phenomena. So uh, in that case, you are not able to stabilize the mind enough to keep that emotional uh, 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 quality that when you are practicing a metta. So now, just for a few minutes, I suggest that we uh, practice or we try to practice metta a little bit. If you are not interested to listen and if you are not interested to practice, it's fine. If you are in the mood, then you just uh, try to you know, pick up uh, here and there the few words that I am going to give you. also about the practice of metta. We have to see, we have to realize that in daily life, when we are encountering people, when we are doing things, then this is a way to integrate that good quality of heart in our actions. When we are dealing with people, real people, the direct encounter of of social relationship everywhere. This is one aspect of metta. It has to be done in our daily life. But metta also can be used as a meditation subject. And this is now what we are going to, to do, use the metta for our meditation. So first of all, to be able to practice metta, we have to be comfortable, so just make yourself very comfortable. As you know, as we all have noticed, it's very difficult for us to have these good feelings if we are irritated, if we are upset about situations or people, if we are upset also about ourselves or many things that can bring that type of uh, uh, mental and physical disturbance within us. It's very difficult. So, in some Sometimes in in our practice, we can ask forgiveness and also we can forgive to others. If something or somebody is coming to your mind, or a situation is coming to your mind. Or, in any case, if there is not something very precise that manifests itself on your mind, you can just ask forgiveness. Sometimes we do things, we say things, sometimes also we think things that are not very helpful, and sometimes, knowingly or un- unknowingly, we can. Uh, cause harm to other people without knowing it. So in this case, we can ask forgiveness to all those we might have harm or do any kind of uh, unpleasant things knowingly or unknowingly. Sometimes also you can ask forgiveness in regard to the whole universe, if you have done something wrong, may you be forgiven. Also, sometimes people might have done some harm to you, but they might not have known it. They might not have been aware of it. So in your heart, just forgive. We can just forgive to whatever harmful things might have been done to us by other people, whether they knew it or whether they didn't knew it. We don't keep any kind of resentment. We are not upset about them, we forget. We don't forget. We forgive. We can also have that attitude of forgiveness towards ourselves. Sometimes our much self hatred and bad aspect of remorse, guilt, is affecting us in not so good ways. So we accept ourselves, we can accept our fault and we can forgive ourselves. You can be aware of your position. You can relax your shoulders, relax your face, your neck. You can relax also your legs, your eyes, all your body, you relax it. This is metta to yourself. You wish your body to be well, healthy comfortable. Just relax everything with this aspect of caring for your body. When we look at our mind, sometimes we are agitated, or sometimes we are upset or tense. So we can accept that. That acceptance is caring. So we care for the mind. We care for our mind. We can accept it. We can understand it. We can forgive it. Forgive it. Yes. This is how we can somehow send metta to ourselves, both body and mind. Now when you feel peaceful, when you feel well, comfortable, then you can start to generate these thoughts of metta, benevolence, caring, kindness to anybody that comes to your mind, somebody that is close to you, or somebody that is far away from you. Just send metta to the person. Metta is an emotion, it's a positive emotion, so that feeling of metta, you express it with your mind. You can radiate it also throughout your body, but that's not so important. Whichever way that emotion of metta can be developed, can increase and can keep your mind interested, can keep your mind happy in regard to a specific person, then you just keep to that. You have that feeling and then also you can have an image of a person. If you are not so visual, if images don't come so easily to your mind, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you can use the name of a person. Sometimes also you can just have the sense, presence, of the other person without necessarily seeing a mental image or picture in your mind. That specific person, you wish him or her well, security, happiness, peace. May she be happy, peaceful, secure. If you like, you can continue with the same person. And then you can get very concentrated with that intense feeling of meta towards that person. But also you can change and alternate with the beings, human beings, those close to you, sitting in front of you, the person sitting next to you, or the person in the back. So you can just turn around with your mind and go around with your mind around the hall and then include all the individuals that are here, that you can see. But you don't need to open your eyes. Sometimes also there are beings that we cannot see. So it's not because we cannot see beings that they don't exist. So whichever beings are there in this hall, may they be happy, may they feel secure, may they be peaceful. We can include the animals, of course, maybe not in this hall, but the animals in the forest or all kinds of uh, species are there, so may they be peaceful and secure. We can extend also that feeling in the whole place here, in the whole center. but also according to your imagination or according to your uh, classification, then all types of beings can be included in this meditation. We will not go into the details. It's up to you to uh, develop it the way you like it. Sometimes also, you can just radiate that feeling of matter in the directions in front of you, all beings, very far away, very close to the infinite as well. As much as your mind can go, you extend. That feeling in the front of you. Also on the right side, on your left side, in your back, below, in the earth. So many beings are there, under the floor, through the earth, above. In the sky, the birds flying, beings also that we cannot see, and then in all the intermediate directions we radiate the feeling of metta. So When you start to get a ride with this feeling, then a complete trust is being established in your mind, a complete confidence. And then you see all beings as very beautiful, all beings as lovely. So you don't analyze so much, you just surrender to the universe. You just surrender with love, sometimes compassion. You surrender yourself to the object on which the mind has developed that emotion. So this is uh, one aspect or one type of meditation that is purely related to Samatha. It's conceptual, somehow, like a space, like the direction. The directions are just A concept of location. So it is conceptual. The beings in the directions are concepts. So in Samatha, we don't analyze too much. But when we proceed to vipassana, to insight, we have to understand the experience of what was going on. So still, we can be in the mood of absorption or we can be in the mood of serenity, but we try to understand what is the experience all about. So the observation comes to be more analytical. And what are we trying to understand? First of all, We just look at our own mind. So sometimes when we are able to tune to these uh, vibrations, and then you, you really get into it, then the mind is very happy. There is a lot of rapture, bliss. So these are qualities of the mind. So you look at this and uh, you can define the content of your mind in regards, like if you are using uh, the the, the Buddhist frame of uh, reference, in regard to the jhana factors. And also among the jhana factors you can also go into more detail by understanding the various other components of the mental factors like saddha is there, mindfulness is there, concentration is there, uh, attention is there. All kinds of mental factors that are related to the mind that is doing the meditation. So then you look at the mind and then you see these different components. And then you look at the body and it's the same on what the mind is depending to exist. The mind exists in relation to the physical body. So you look at your body and then you can see also that uh, the practice of metta has affected, the mind has affected the physicality of it. That means maybe you feel a little bit lighter. You feel less tense. So the elements, the physical elements, have, have been affected by the mind. but. The body is just the physical elements. So now you are able to define and understand mind and matter to a very brief extent. So this is an aspect of the content meditation. It is very important. Also you can see how the body is related to the mind. But now, mostly we see how the mind has been related to the body, how the mind is affecting the body but by its good emotion. Sometimes if you are in a bad mood, you can see also that anger or hatred uh, or things like this are affecting your body. So in this case, the <coughs> mental components will be different than the components that you are having when you are practicing metta. And then also you will see that uh, what you are experiencing physically is a little bit different, but still the same thing. The classification is by way of mind and body in different uh, categories. Then when you go to the process meditation, then you see no more the beings, no more the content of what a being is called, or what is the content of the location, or what is the content of uh, your own five aggregates. But you see that as a process. That means it is just flux. It is just impermanent. It is just energy that is constantly uh, changing. So this is what is the difference. So if you just keep on observing the process that is perceived with the mind of insight, with the mind of vipassana, then, then it's very difficult to, 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 to keep the practice of metta, for example, stabilizing. stabilized because, because you don't see beings anymore. You just see a process. So in that case, uh, the, the object of metta will have been changed. So Metta cannot be practiced with the eyes of Vipassana because the eyes of Vipassana see things as a process. So now just to, to finish, we still have about 10 minutes or something like this. There were some uh, questions and maybe I will have the time to, uh, uh, to look at, to, to explain, huh? but uh, maybe not the time to explain all of them. And also uh, we will not have the time to ask if you have a personal questions. So sometimes before I mentioned that it was not necessary to visualize either the parts of the body or the benefactors in case of practicing metta or karuna. So could I say a little bit more about uh, what points uh, I meant? So uh, if you are not the person who sees images and is uh, having the, the uh, very uh, strong visualizing, uh, you know type of mind then if you sw- if you scan the body or if you look at the body the body parts are not going to be they are not you will not see the anatomy of it but some people when they scan the body for example then they see the body parts also there are types of meditation where you specifically uh, uh, determine which type of body parts? Like uh, it's classified in 30, 32 body parts. You start with the hair of the, you know, the hair, and then the hair of the body, and then the skin, and then the bones, and the, uh, everything, and then the organs. Huh? So, uh, in this case, visualization is necessary, but. Uh, this type of visualization will lead. It's more oriented towards the samatha. So you take a part and then you you use it also with the colors. So there are many variations that can be that can be done in this way, just for the for the samatha. But in the case of the vipassana, you can start with the body parts themselves. Huh? and like for example, you start with the bones, and then instead of uh, uh, keeping your mind on the concept of bones. Then in the bone, that is also helping you to locate some areas in your body, like the bones of the, So you know that, okay, now this is the the bones, they are there, they are throughout the body. So the location that the the bones are referring to, you have that in your mind, but you don't see the image, you don't see the picture of skeleton. Like sometimes some people, they do the meditation on bones and then they they, they just see all skeleton. So this is for Samatha. So this is why I say it's not necessary. But for those who like to do it, there are many ways to, uh, uh, to go on that uh, type of meditation. And the details are also explained like uh, in the Visuddhimagga for those who like it. But uh, if we go with the Vipassana, if we are using the body, then we are using uh, body parts but just for the location just for a location purpose. So I say, now put your attention on the head or on the lips or, or on the shoulders and just to locate your attention so that you are able to, uh, to be in these specific areas. But when you start to put your mind in these areas, you don't need and you should not see the parts itself if you are interested to the vipassana because vipassana deals mm-hmm. not with concept. It deals with a process. So inside these parts, you just see the four elements, the characteristics of them. This is why this is the difference of the, of the thing. So, so if it's not clear, then you can, uh, you can uh, ask again. so here is the, what are we supposed to do with the knowledge our experience of ultimate reality so uh, the experience and then the knowledge of uh, ultimate reality makes you, it, it gives us the, a new way to look at things, and then it gives us also the possibility to see phenomena in a more objective uh, fashion. So instead of identifying with the phenomena, we just see, okay, now it's not, it's not my body, it's not your body, it is just a body. And not only that, it's not a body, it is just the four elements. So the four elements inside, and then the four elements. South side. So this is how we come to uh, aspect of ultimate reality, and also eventually in these four elements we just see a process. So when we are uh, when we are uh, looking at reality in this way, then uh, it's another uh, a shift a shift of, of of perception. So the other question is: Is it more important? More real? more worthy of my effort than subjective reality. No, it is not more important, more real. Both of them are, can be also conceptual. So, uh, so the subjective reality is very important. If we don't have that uh, uh, clear you know, uh, definition of uh, content, then uh, then we cannot go to ultimate reality otherwise also if you are just living in the ultimate reality you just see everything as a process how can you manage your life <laughs> i mean everything is bubble everything is just a chemistry and you, you don't care at all So that's why before reaching this high state of meditation, you have to be very much grounded in a reality that is practical. That's why like in the Eightfold Noble Path, you have these factors of right livelihood. So right livelihood, that means you have to find a job and you have to get a... (laughs) (laughs) You have to deal with the job according to what it is required. so this is a subjective reality, it's a conventional reality that also that, that will have its own speciality. Like if you, you work in a, in a business company for something, then you will be specialized in something. If you work in a kitchen, then you will also be specialized in something. So the interpretation will be convention conventional according to the situation. But also there is a subjective aspect of reality that is there. Okay, now this is my parents and then this is my my son or this is my daughter or this is my cousin or this is my friend. So this is very subjective. And it's very important if we don't know how to relate to people the way that... Uh, are call or the way that we, 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 we relate to them, then, then the human relationship is not possible. Huh? So it is very important to have that, uh, that subjective uh, aspect of reality very well uh, established in ourselves. So when also we are able to have that foundation, then we are much more happy because, because we are more, more, much more balanced. We, we benefit by dealing with people correctly. We benefit also by doing our job very nicely. So we get more happy. And then we see that people who are just doing that, we see sometimes, uh, you know, in our life, we, we see people who, who don't practice meditation, but they are really good people, really good hearted, and then socially committed and really sincere. So it's very beautiful. And also, if you see these people, then they are very happy, they are satisfied, and they are aware of all the problems of the world. But still, they are contented and they are able to be peaceful by themselves. So they have their own meditation, but they don't. They don't go deep. They, they don't have any practice of. I mean, no specific practice of samadhi or meditation as such, or forget about the vipassana. Although we never know. Huh? But uh, but anyway, they just uh, they just go with according to their own at- interpretation, according to their own reality. But. Uh, but it is it is it is it is very important to just to to have that uh, that foundation. And then the the other point is is should we all just become monks or, or or go and live in a cave like Milarepa, to pursue the ultimate reality? So now now I don't know there was somebody sitting here. Oh. So you notice she has very long hair. Huh? So she doesn't need to cut her hair, and uh, uh, I think she has a good deal of uh, ultimate reality. Same thing with you, I mean, who cares? <laughs> so who cares about the robe, who cares about the and Also, it's just a way of practice. If you are a monastic, then you have much more time. You, 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 you know, Everybody is offering food, and then uh, they are waiting You know, for you to be served, <laughs> both hands, so it's great. So. <laughs> Otherwise, otherwise you have to work, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need to be monks. No. You, can, you can afford things to monks. It's <laughs> fine. So the subjective reality is not meaningless. huh? <clears throat> So just uh, I will not go into detail, the detail. The question is very long, and uh, that's the only one I will be able to, uh, uh, to, to, to to discuss with you now, because the time is short. So uh, the following aspect of the question is: uh, is the purpose of all Buddhist techniques to calm the mind and sharpen the mind so that we can directly experience the ultimate? Yes and no. Yes and no. because the mind needs to be calm, the mind needs to be clear and, uh, and then also very balanced in dealing with all aspects of reality. So Buddhist practice doesn't deal only with the ultimate reality. It is also dealing with very practical, very conventional reality. So the development that we are uh, uh, getting with the practice of meditation is helping us with, to deal with these aspects of reality. But the more we practice, the more we see that what is important, actually, to do a work adequately is the quality of our mind. And we see also that the problems that we encounter in society, in our family, or in uh, where, wherever we are, the problem is uh, psychological. So we see that a big deal of the issues, social issue, any kind of issue, it has to do with the mind. Of course, I mean, with putting aside the medical stuff that is just can be just purely. Uh, physical. But uh, a big deal of, uh, of the problems we encounter in life is because we, we, because we, we, we don't know how to, because of the mind. Well, so that's why the Buddhist meditation is just to put uh, the mind in the right setup so that we get very clear and very balanced. And then from that clarity, happiness is coming. So the first benefit that we get from the practice, from the daily encounter of uh, the the practice is happiness. So you get very happy because you do good things. Huh? You get very happy because you say good things. So that happiness is very important. The, and then also from that happiness, the mind is more concentrated. So that's why the concentration that you are getting is just uh, enable you to, to, to do your work more effic- efficiently. But the point is that uh, you don't stop there. Huh? Otherwise, we can, we can still continue. We can still improve our mind. So that's why uh, from that basic things, uh, we, we, we go and, uh, and, and try to see a little bit more meaning of life and, and examine uh, uh, the reality of life in much more uh, subtle ways. And, uh, and then eventually, we come to a very subtle aspects of reality. It's just like a research. You start with what is just very apparent, and then the more you look at things, the more subtlety you come to discover with with these phenomena. So now, now I have to stop, and then you can be quiet for the whole day, except this afternoon. You will have a small talk, and now some of you have to go to uh, to the interview. So thank you.